Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Oh, Arts Express is blowing its whistle at the 3CR station. Arts Express. Power to the people. So all aboard for a journey with Valerie Fafala and Trish Posterino into alternative theatre, cabaret, festivals, comedy and arts activism and plenty of great music, Trish. Oh yeah, that's the ticket. Oh, good morning. You're with Valerie Fafala and Trish Posterino on Arts Express, 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am, digital podcast and streaming live from 3cr.org.au and available streaming later today. Now, guest, good day, Trish. Hey, good morning, Valerie. How are you? How how are you in the uh, this wonderful comedy fortnight? Fantastic. Yes, really looking forward to it. Mm. So, our guest, one of our guests today is comedian Nadia Collins, who presents Virgin Bloody Mary at the Butterfly Club, and that's been going and is is running until the eighth of April, and it's at eight thirty p.m. for sixty minutes. Good and morning, it's getting Nadia. rave reviews, I believe, yeah. Nadia. Very much so. <laughs> I don't like right. to mention them myself. No, but, uh, but we will do we it will. for you. <laughs> so tell us about Virgin Bloody Mary. I understand it's it's hilarious, it's feminist, sacrilegious. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit naughty. Uh, probably not a great show for kids. So, um, yeah, get a babysitter. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really fun clown show. It's silent, so I don't speak throughout the show. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, how do I describe it? It's absurd, surreal. Um, I'm the Virgin Mary. I get a mission from God to get pregnant with Jesus, but I uh, pick the wrong sperm. <laughs> and um, chaos ensues. Can I say sperm? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, it's sort of, it's very audience interactive. There's a lot of play with the audience, but it also follows a narrative as well. So uh, it gets pretty chaotic. It gets pretty messy. Well, obviously it's mime, so your background in and training in mime, can you tell us a little bit about that? Because that's, in, you know, sounds really interesting. <laughs> well, I don't know how um, finessed my actual mime skills are, but uh, they, they do. Mm. <laughs> um, I went to Ecole Philippe Gallier about uh, in 2016 and did some training over there. Mm-hmm. And he's like a kind of master clown teacher in Paris uh, who... His kind of famous way of teaching is to tell you how terrible you are every day and break you down and make you cry. <laughs> Sounds a bit like domestic violence, doesn't oh, yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting relationship. But you come out stronger. Exactly. If it doesn't kill you, it, it makes you stronger. Yeah, yeah mm. exactly. Mm. A little broken. but mm. Uh, mm. You said you, you're a lawyer as well, and as a lawyer you would be quite analytical and you'd have certain defences there. Was that... Um, do you still feel that there's a pretty strong barrier that you need to be a lawyer to yeah. protect yourself? Was when you were being sort of um, gestalted or whatever by by that process, um, how did you protect yourself, or did you just have to let yourself completely go in a sense and be vulnerable? Yeah, I guess that's pretty interesting. Um, I guess if if you're still trying to protect yourself, then um, it's not working. Uh, so if 
the way that he teaches is going to work. He he keeps pushing and pushing until you really just can't protect yourself anymore. So he's quite good at pushing your buttons and figuring out what's going to break you down. Well. But I did have a lot of um, defensiveness. Mm. So well, you know what comes to mind is military. Um, you know, like the military and and police force and all that. They it, it's it's for different reasons. This one is saying, please you know let go of your ego you were saying yeah. before um so therefore you can then you know the audience can go with you yeah. basically yeah you know? so that you can be open to discover what the audience actually wants from you mm. rather than you kind of putting something on them that you think might be funny wonderful so you learn how to listen kind mm. of wow what I did an amazing process yeah. yeah and exhausting presumably that would have been an exhausting seven months, very enlightening, but also exhausting. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Mm, I would imagine. It's like intense counselling, (laughs) your innermost feelings and thoughts. I needed some intense counselling afterwards. but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, people out there, you know, who are thinking, oh, I've heard of Ecole... Ecole... But... I guess what I'm, you know, sort of trying to say is that it's not for, um, you know, the faint-hearted, is no. it? Um, but having said that, it would be um, a, an, an experience and a half to sort of, for for actors even, you know, like for a lot of people in life, but especially for comics. Yeah, totally. It's It's really interesting because I think everyone, not just performers, we get these physical uh, and emotional traits and habits uh, that protect us. You know, if you just think about the way that people close themselves off physically when they're feeling nervous, uh, it's a way to stop themselves being seen. Hmm. Uh, So those things can become really habitual uh, because we're afraid of being hurt and afraid of being vulnerable. So I think what he tries to do is really tear those away, which is pretty um, pretty intense. It's mm. an intense experience. It's kind of like standing in front of a group of people completely naked. Yes. You know, uh, and letting them see you just as you are, which is like, it's scary. Return, it's fascinating, but returning to the play, um, Virgin Bloody Mary, excuse me, um, <clears throat> How does that, I mean, without, you know, being, a, you know, doing the spoiler thing, but can you sort of give a, I mean, you're saying that um, she obviously goes to the wrong God <laughs> to get the, the sperm, the little, and she can't wriggle out of that. So so what happens, you know, a little without <laughs> spoiling it too much? Uh, well, yeah, she um, she gets a mission from God and, and she goes and uh, <clears throat> She gets a sperm donor, shall we say, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and goes on a journey into the inner anatomy <laughs> and picks the wrong sperm. Uh, she gives into temptation, and uh, yeah, and then uh, she thinks, uh, she sort of doesn't quite realise that she's done that. Uh, and uh, I guess it's a little bit like um, a, a demon. Demon spawn is growing within her. Uh, and uh, chaos starts to ensue. She um, has uh, she has problems with explaining why she's suddenly pregnant to Joseph, uh, and uh, there's a, a bit of drama there. She has to go on the run from the law. I don't want to give it too no, much. No, but, but what's it's so visual. Um, 
you know, it's it's hard to sort of t- turn around and say, well, I'm not going to, you know, this is what's going to happen. But I can understand where the audience has to go. They themselves have to um, sort of um, lose their, you know, their sense of reality and to to go with you on this. Yeah, totally, because it's, uh, it's very much reliant on the audience using their imagination. Yes. Um, but I involve them a lot the mm. whole time, so I'm mm. always playing with the audience. Uh, You're also a thermomix host, <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Thermomix party host. Uh, yes. Do you need one? Uh, <laughs> got a few. So it, that would enable you... To engage with the audience, is that the idea? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's all part of the, it's the, all part the, of the fun, yeah. the experience. <laughs> yeah. If you want some, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Oh. Uh, um, now, you've also um, sort of, you know, it, it, at this stage, you're running about. You know, you've you've got this show, and you're looking after somebody else's show. Oh, by the way, what was the the person? You know, that, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's um Fran Middleton. Her show is called Franny Pack. Uh, so she is doing my tech, and I'm doing her tech. She's a really good friend of mine, and that's mm, right. wonderful. Comedian. And this is all part of the co- the community of um and and the um, comedy festival is very much about you know lending each other some harmony and 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 um kindness yeah, isn't totally. it it's well, a wonderful community yeah fran and i used to do a show together called bad egg boys and we're good friends and um it's it's really good to have somebody that you're um in sync with when you're doing a solo show because it can be quite lonely like a lonely experience doing the same show by yourself every night oh i'd imagine and very as i say very courageous a one woman show is just sensational because you're entering i harp a little bit because the male domain quite often it is but gee women are coming up aren't they you know now they i I mean yeah it's really good now you herald from perth yes so um, where did you? Where was your training? Where did you start out, um, Nadia? You know, we're talking to Nadia Collins and her her um, show, Virgin Bloody Mary. Um, tell us whereabouts is it's be, where you're performing? Oh, it's um it's at the Butterfly Club at eight thirty mm-hmm. uh, until the eighth. Mm-hmm. And uh, if yeah, I actually started out in Perth at the Big Hoo Ha doing improv comedy. It's mm-hmm. where I kind of found my bearings in comedy, and then drifted into stand-up and some acting and stuff and realised that I was much more into comedy than acting, mm. um, I guess cause, partly because uh, I, I like things that are funny. <laughs> but <laughs> Don't also, we all? Yeah. I mean, also, it's great. like you can be your own boss and um, you're not reliant on anyone else for going for auditions or anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, fascinating. And then you've moved to Melbourne and... <laughs> And you spent a year with NIDA as well. Oh, yeah, I did some training with them and some training with uh, 16th Street as well who do some great stuff. I really like I like their programs a lot. Um, it's a, actually a really good community of, of actors here in Melbourne. So it's a lovely, supportive com- uh, community. Yeah. Um, sorry, this show is very physical, is it? Yeah. Is it? So, you know, um, where do you get your fitness from? I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's mental fitness, but there's also this physical, you know, sort of... Yeah. Well, I actually... Um, 
<laughs> it was a bit embarrassing. I used to do a bit of triathlon training. Oh, wow. Yeah. Iron, Iron Woman. No, I'm yes. not actually an Iron Woman. Um, Perhaps. <laughs> heavy metal. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, I do I do have to keep fit for the show. Yeah. Um, because I, otherwise, it, if I ever let my fitness stop when I'm doing this show, it, it destroys me. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, it is very physical. Wow. According to this review, it was um, beautifully done and... and um, really very graceful is um one of the reviews shane murphy has said um she strikes this is nadia strikes a great balance between being all over the place chaotic and extremely professional and choreographed on reflection it's likely nearly all choreographed but done so well it appears chaotic but that's a, a huge skill to do that yeah and um very you know precision a lot there of precision. is a lot of chaos <laughs> to create the chaos, chaos yeah by the end of the show there's just like stuff all over the stage everywhere um yeah but i enjoy the chaos i think that's well and more the point the audience obviously loves uh the the chaos even it's a it's a bit sort of saying well I've I thought my life was in chaos <laughs> so I think we come away sometimes from shows and say yeah I got a lot out of that but I'm I, you know I'm not doing too bad <laughs> now you you you're also continuing your comic realm by going back to Perth yep. to do and the com uh, the the Perth the, comedy festival yeah there. so um, have you got a show for that or yeah. is it this one. I'm doing another show for that, which I've just done a, a run of a debut run of uh, in Adelaide a Fringe Festival called The Big Thingy, mm -hmm. uh, which is where I'm an alien and I learn human interaction from the audience. <laughs> so it's just me in a big bit of cardboard, basically. <laughs> Again, all mine. <laughs> well, it starts off that I don't have any English or any um, awareness of human context, but the audience teaches me layer by layer. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, it's that really is, fun. yeah. I would imagine mm -hmm. and uh, I was watching something the other day I can't remember because that's the state of my my mind but um uh, that someone that someone was singing a song and they went and knock 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 on wood and and the audience was totally involved in this knock knock <laughs> knock on wood and I thought yeah that is so engaging when you can get the audience to feel like they're coming for the ride yeah, well, I mean, that's... And you do it so well. That's what I want, mm. ideally. I want the audience to be part of it. And um, if they're not, if I'm just going into my own world, I mean, when I'm sitting in the audience and it feels like the performer's going to do what they're going to do, irrespective of what's going on on stage, I'm just like, I oh, check out. Yeah, you cringe. Yeah, I just yeah. want to leave. Yeah, it becomes a comedy cringe. In writing your material, do you have, um, do you have any... Um, um, motives in terms of um, is it are any of them didactic in terms of you know social justice issues or well, not necessarily I think so, I think that they are um, the messages that I want the audience to take they kind of happen by accident or I don't necessarily articulate them to myself uh, but then when people I'll read a review that says that it's a feminist show I'll be like I guess so, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So I, it's subliminal. What's I guess so. that's part of you? Yeah. I mean, seriously, you know, you're surprised when you, even though you'd never, you know, sort of took it on as your career, lawyer, and is all about justice and yeah. and sort of trying to, you know, fix help the underdog. Yeah. So it isn't surprising that it would be somewhere in the 
in in you know your very psyche. Yeah, totally. And and I think that um, that is what comedy should do. Uh, besides making people laugh, make them think or question why they're laughing. Mm. Um, I mean, there's a scene in my show where I go home to Joe. Um, <laughs> Joseph. To Joseph. <laughs> She's talking yeah, to Joey. Okay, go on. But he, he's a balloon. Um, <laughs> But um, but he uh, he's really angry that uh, I'm pregnant, and it's it turns into actually turns into a bit of a um, it has a bit of a domestic violence kind of feel. Mm. But it's a really interesting scene because it's like, well, uh, is it? I think the audience kind of starts to question, like, oh, are we allowed to laugh at this, or is it? Oh, of course, I think that's an important kind of question to raise. Well, so, like a black humour that, yeah. and families have them. Yeah. And but they keep them in in family, don't they? That's like, yeah, we can't tell let it, the rest of the world know what our sense of humour is, yeah. but it's out there. Yeah, exactly. You're giving so, them permission to as well, and you're just showing life. Really, you're just showing mm. life, and that's what comedy should do, and just kind of hold up a mirror as much as possible to the truth. Um, and I think comedy is able to do that better than any other medium because it's it can take take you by surprise because mm. you're just laughing, and if you're suddenly laughing and realizing that it's it's the truth, then it's uh, you know it really does make you question about society and question about what's going on and the expectations of society because even in grief, people sometimes they get through the worst of their times through sense of humour and yeah. very much, I hate to say, but, you know, it's the Australian sort of, you know, there was something that was brought up this week, and I'm sorry I'm going a little bit off track here, but they were talking about um, at the Australian sense of humour um, sort of being a little bit, um, in a sense, this taking the mickey out of people mm. um, can, can be seen as um, bullying. And on one sense, I can see that, you know, when you, someone rocks up to work for the first time and, and the sense of humour is to take the mickey out mm. of them, to break them down. Again, we're going back to Gullier, you know. But it, 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 there is a fine line, isn't there, between sort of taking the mickey out of 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 a person as opposed to a situation. Yeah, well, I think to make to make a situation playful and make it light... Uh, humour is so important just to make life more fun mm. like it's so boring yes isn't <laughs> just it the day to day can be so boring and, mm. and like you say like life can be so serious and full on so mm. well it's nearly time for us to go but I wanted to just mention that um, you were nominated for Best Comedy Show 2017 at yeah. Fringe World yeah, yeah congratulations and a couple of others mm. too haven't you yeah, well I've uh, Got some uh, some five star reviews there. So. <laughs> this is where she'll throw back a few shots and, and say, "I did well. I did well." <laughs> so, um, comedian Nadia Collins presenting Virgin Bloody Mary at the Butterfly Club, and it winds up on the eighth of April, and it's at eighty eight thirty. That's right. PM. Can I just ask this Virgin Bloody Mary? Does it reference or a, a, a drink at any part of the play? Because I'm I'm already getting. <laughs> A vodka and orange. Probably should, but unfortunately, no, there's no Virgin Bloody Marys in the show. Well, maybe when we get to the Butterfly Club, just as a, we should have a couple of Virgin Bloody Marys for for your show, Nadia. It's an excellent bar. Yeah, it is. It's a great, it's a great venue and, um, yes, Yes. great. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you again. Okay, chookers. 
interesting other music notes in a calendar. Yeah, we don't want to let the week go by without mentioning Kelly Orty at the Lomond um, Hotel uh, right, from 9pm. tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. So she's and, always um, wonderful. She is. Also and tomorrow, John Perry. Drummer John Perry's band The Kodaks is playing at the Rose Hotel, Ferguson Street, Williamstown at 8.30pm tomorrow night, playing classic covers. Oh, wonderful. Kevin Jones, vocals and guitar. Davey uh, Durham-Asina bass and vocals and John Perry drum set. Um, then on Sunday, this is something I'd like us to go to sometime. Yeah. Um, this is the Linton Blues Jam. It's Linton's a little place near Ballarat. Oh, okay. And for what a lovely drive out and what a lovely purpose. So Sunday's at the Railway Hotel Linton near Ballarat from that's the first Sunday of the month oh, okay. from 3 to 6. And uh, the back line's supplied. You just have to bring your instruments. So oh, we wonderful. Might, we might have a go Yeah, we do a bit of a jam. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, the band who knew too much at the Fitzroy Pinnacle. Um, this Sunday. This Sunday. So, wow. Four, Excellent. Four till seven. Oh, mm. I always love them. Mm. Um, they're fantastic. Um, we might play a bit of one of their songs if we get a, if we get time That's at the end. That's wonderful, yep. Um, okay. So, also, um, Calliope, uh, a long friend of Arts Express, Saturday 21st Wonderful of April. supporter of community, Calliope, but a brilliant musician. She is. So Calliope Acoustic at the Palace Hotel Camberwell, 8 till 11pm, Saturday 21st of April. And she's presenting songs from her new album, Love, Loss and Mental Health, which is oh, a great brilliant. Album. See what I was saying. She do, she really has got her finger on the pulse as far as um, community and also activism, but that does not detract from her ability to give such a wonderful inviting show. And That's of course, right. mm-hmm. And there's some interesting news from Music Victoria. <clears throat> the Victorian government's backing local live music with more than a hundred thousand in funding to support a range of venues to undertake acoustic assessments to manage their noise levels. Twenty-two venues have received support through a special round of the Good Music Neighbours program, and that focuses on helping venues, <coughs> excuse me, across the state gain advice and reports from acoustic consultants. Yeah, well, this has always been a bit of a thorn in our sides since um, urban, you know, inner city development and, and it's even become urban development where a lot of the um, the developers put have put these fantastic, um, you know, development, you might say, but in, a, in neighbourhoods where the, the, the music has been, has held the community together and then all of a sudden people are complaining. Um, they've gone there... For the culture, and then start to complain about their their life being disturbed, and you know it's That's a, right. it's and a bit of an oxymoron. Yeah. You know, there have I've noticed some reports recently, even um, about the recent festivals like WOMED. Some of the musicians are saying that the south. The noise levels are too loud. Oh, okay. <coughs> oh, that's an, another spin. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, um, good music neighbours is part of Victorian government's twenty two point two million music works initiative. And since the program started, more than 500,000 has been invested in more than 50 Victorian venues, having a massive impact on small businesses and providing a platform for emerging artists to tour Victoria's thriving live music scene. So, uh, uh, you know, just to elaborate, so um, uh, Music Victoria and the government are sort of trying to work with each other to make sure that these venues stay 
Um, but, yeah. it, you know, things can be put in place to, to minimise the, the, the noise. Yeah, well, that's well, that's that's a positive step, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's terrific. Um, I think it's excellent. And the applications for this round will close... <coughs> On the oh oh on the of yeah twenty sixth of April, which is not that far away. So get in there. Yeah, so five pm on the twenty sixth of April. So, you know, go on to the Music Victoria website, yeah. um, and get some more information about that. So, that sounds terrific. There's another little bit of music news. <clears throat> the state of the Australian music industry was discussed in depth between some high-profile local acts and politicians in Canberra just last month. The Parliamentary Friends of Australian Music's Rock the House event, presented by APRA, AMCOS, ARIA, AHA and PPCA, featured performances and discussions from Casey Chambers, Ian Moss, all of our exes live in Texas, which I saw. <laughs> that was great. And John yeah. Paul Young. And um, Hannah Crofts from All Our Exes uh, said... With commercial airplay, we can be career artists and be sustainable. Yes. So that's what they need. Yes. They need the commercial airplay. And meanwhile, Moss and Chambers said, discuss the importance of royalties and touring. Moss said, as a songwriter, royalties are your living. You work hard to write a song. Mm. And um, we need to get Protection. Yeah, and protection. And for Chambers, she said, touring for me, particularly in Australia, is everything. I make my living from touring music. Absolutely. Very valid yeah. points from all of those yeah musos. it is and arts expression is is has got to be with you know upheld it's got to be supported and um and it's got to be continued otherwise so, what what society do we become but um it's yeah. time for us to go yeah. and to welcome in um, talk back with that can we just highlight um again um our guest today which was nadia collins who who is performing at the the butterfly club with um virgin bloody mary and you can i'll drink to that one 